Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. In the last year, a Virginia utility company, Dominion Energy, has been seeking final approval to build the largest offshore wind farm in the United States. But there's a problem. Dominion is threatening to abandon the project since Virginia state regulators are trying to impose rules that ensure consumers wouldn't be responsible for higher-than-expected costs. So today, we check in with Politico's Catherine Morehouse to learn more about the details of this dispute, why this project is so unique, and how any compromise could impact offshore wind projects across the country moving forward. It's Tuesday, September 13th. So, Kat, you report that a Virginia utility building the largest offshore wind project in the United States is in a fight with regulators that could jeopardize the project. So what's this dispute all about? Yeah, so this dispute is essentially about how much risk ratepayers should have to take on versus the utility itself in developing this project, which would be a really not only the biggest in the U.S., but one of the most expensive projects undertaken by an investor-owned utility. It rivals only the Southern Company's expansion of the Voktel nuclear plant in the South that we know was really controversial with regulators because it put ratepayers on the hook for billions of dollars when they haven't even seen that plant operate at all. So basically, regulators are wanting to make sure that, okay, we're undertaking this new project, this offshore wind project. The Southeast hasn't had any offshore wind projects before. We want to make sure that ratepayers don't have to foot the bill for this project if it doesn't generate as much money and as much wind, basically, as as it's projected to. The utility argues that this is really kind of unprecedented for such a big project for the utility to basically be responsible for how much for the weather, essentially. You know, it argues that we can't absorb the risk for how much the wind is going to blow in a year. Interesting. And so just to give us some context, how are offshore wind projects in the United States usually developed? And what's unique about how this project's being developed? Yeah, so this would be a really brand new paradigm because most projects in the U.S. thus far have been developed in the Northeast. And the New England region is under a deregulated competitive market, which basically means that there are a bunch of different utility providers and residences and businesses are basically able to kind of shop for their preferred provider. And it's it's just a little bit more of a competitive environment. In Virginia and in the rest of the Southeast, most of the utilities essentially have a monopoly over the power system. They own the transmission lines, the distribution centers, and the generation sources. And they have regulators that say, okay, you're going to spend this much on the project. This is how much you can recover from ratepayers. So it inherently puts utilities in the position of basically benefiting more from how much money they spend versus in the Northeast, where utilities have to automatically absorb that risk. So what ratepayer advocates are concerned about is, okay, ratepayers have never had to absorb this much risk from an offshore wind project because it's traditionally been developed in a competitive market where developers have much more responsibility when it comes to how well this project is going to perform and how much money this project is going to make. And so what could come of these negotiations 
between Virginia regulators and Dominion. What might a possible compromise look like here if one were to emerge? The interesting thing is that I spoke to an analyst who said basically Dominion holds all the cards here, right? Because the state has this Clean Economy Act that asks it to develop a certain amount of clean energy and offshore wind is one of those resources that the state really needs to develop in order to meet the goals of its clean energy law. So he argues, you know, Virginia really has the upper hand here and regulators are going to need to find some way to make Dominion Energy happy. You know, I spoke to someone from the offshore wind industry in the Southeast who said there is a compromise here that could still be a benefit to ratepayers and while at the same time basically giving the project the certainty it needs to move forward. And that could look like, you know, instead of saying to Dominion, you're responsible for the performance of this wind farm, you know, saying, hey, there's a limit to how much you can spend on operations and maintenance. There's a limit to how much you can spend on construction and just kind of capping other parts of the production and development of this wind farm instead of the the performance of it itself. Gotcha. How do you see the controversy over this project possibly informing future debates about the monopoly utility model and whether it is conducive to building these big offshore wind projects? I think it'll be a really interesting and important debate to watch. And I I think that whatever happens here in this Dominion case could really fuel either side of the argument, right? There has for a really long time been an argument about who develops power better, who develops power more cost competitively and more just and more fairly. What's the better deal for ratepayers? In the Southeast, there's certainly a debate that these natural monopolies, as they traditionally were, are the most cost-effective way to provide power, and this is the right model. Competitive power proponents in the Northeast and elsewhere in the country say that model is really outdated and we need to open up these markets more. So depending on basically what comes out of this negotiation with Dominion and the SEC, that will likely inform how other offshore wind projects are developed in the region. And ultimately, over the next few years, how well those plants perform, how good of a deal this ends up being for ratepayers and for the region will certainly lend fuel to either side of the debate, depending on on how everything shakes out. Also, on Monday, the Interior Department proposed rolling back changes the Trump administration made to offshore drilling safety rules. Under the proposed rule, companies would be required to submit information on incidents of equipment failure directly to the Interior Department's Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement. Companies could no longer submit information to a third-party company, a stipulation the Trump administration's rule had added. Operators would also have to start failure analyses and investigations within 90 days instead of the 120 days allowed under the Trump-era rule. The proposal is the latest effort by the Biden administration to roll back some of the changes the Trump administration made to rules originally put forward by the Obama administration. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production? 
to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.